Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Second Kings chapter number 4, verse number 18. Second Kings chapter number 4, verse number 18. It's good to see all the folks that come to church with their mothers today. Praise God. I'll not start naming you because I'd leave someone out, but it's good to see you. I want you to know I'm glad you're here. But I want you to know this. Nearly two weeks ago when God gave me this message, he knew who was going to be here today, and I didn't have a clue. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 18, when you found that, shout Amen. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. That's just like what us daddies would do. When something's wrong with the child... We'd say, take him, we wouldn't say carry we'd say, take him to his mama. That's what we'd say. Why would we say that? Because, Mark, there's something given to a mama that us daddies don't have. Amen, Amen preacher. There's a big difference between a mama and a daddy. And if someone's confused about that, if you'll see me after church, I'll explain that to you in layman's terms. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat him on her knees till noon and and died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. That's an important line right there. She called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. Her husband's a little confused by this. He says, And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me except I bid thee. In other words, get me to where I'm going and do it fast. I got urgent business. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off. That he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now. I pray thee to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day. And I felt you at that reading right there, Lord. (laughs) Mm. 
And I pray God that you'd deliver this message as the Holy Ghost would have it delivered. And God, that you'd use me once again for a little while. Preach me like a dying man to dying people. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Help me be accurate in the scripture. Save the lost one nearest hell in this congregation this morning, Lord. And I pray you draw them out. And I pray, God, that you'd touch the one that's cold and indifferent. We'd be warmed and encouraged by the word of God this morning. I love you and I bless you, Father. I thank you for forgiveness of sin. And I thank you for grace and mercy that endureth forever. Bless this word for your sake. I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. This is, uh, now this, this probably uh, isn't th- that commonly r- read scripture. I found that a lot of people don't read a lot of the Old Testament stories. But who knows that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. We can see it if we're looking for it. Now, let me catch us to where this place is. So, Elisha has just come. Elisha has come from a poor widow's place who had sustained him. And, 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 and he, had, he, had, or he had shown her how she could live. And now he goes to Shunem, to the Shunammite woman. And, and, and we see some things about this woman in the text. Let me catch you up to where we're at in the text. First, this was a, the Bible said she's a great woman from Shunem, and that that that's in reference to her standing. She had money; they were a family of means. She was a great woman of Shunem; they were a family of means. But not only was she a family; she was a wealthy woman. But she was this: she was a woman who was watching the man of God. Now. That says something in this particular scripture because at this time, Israel's divided. We've got the northern ten tribes where this is taking place and they're a bunch of heathens. They've, let, they've forsaken God. They've turned from God. They've set up idols. Jeroboam caused them to sin. They've got idol, an idol calf in Bethel. They've got an idol calf in the, in the land of Dan. And they're going there to worship. They've forsaken going to Jerusalem. They're staying in the northern ten tribes. And they're a bunch of heathens. But here's a woman who has means in the northern section. And she's doing this. She's watching the man of God. Now, she's wealthy. And you might think. With her wealth in this time, what needs had she of a man of God? Well, it's much like America today. We're like the church of Laodicea. We're rich and increased with goods, have needs of nothing. Ukraine's the breadbasket of Europe, and it's destroyed. And they're saying, what's going to happen If the farmers start selling grain to the other side of the world and we go to the store to get our loaf of bread and there's none on the shelf. God's not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
men make up nations. So if we're, if we're reaping that thing individually, you better know we're going to reap it corporately. She's watching the man of God in a heathen land. She's not only watching him, but here she watches him to this point, And here's what she does. She's willing to help him. And she, so here's what Elisha says to Gehazi. He says, uh, hey, what does this woman need? She's built us a room here. Brother uh, Jim Kennersley down in Blairsville one time, uh, Chris was having a camp meeting. And he said, hey, I want you to come and stay with me. Here's what he told me he had. He said, I've got a bed and a table and a stool and a candle to light it with. I knew what he's talking about. And I went and stayed. He also had an excellent breakfast, by the way. And I, th- I thanked him for that. But he, was, he just wanted to, why did he do that, Randy? He just wanted to help me. You know what this woman wanted to do? She's watching this guy. You stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. And when we get there, I'll be as happy as you are. She's watching this guy, and she knows something about him. She said, surely this is God's man. This is a man of God. Here she is in a place where they've lost the sacrifice. They've forsaken the sacrifice. They're not doing what the law of God commanded them to do. They're not paying no, in her area, they're not paying any attention to the right things of God. Sounding familiar? They're not paying any attention. They're leaning away from God and forsaken God. But here's what she's doing. She recognizes there's something godly about this man. I'm going to do something for him. I'm building a room on the wall. That just means adjacent to it. And the prophet says, I'm telling you, you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. But you sow abundantly, good things come in your way by the hand of God. You know what happens? You know what happens? Good things. Good things about to come her way. God's man. And at this time, God's man represented God. God's man was like God in the flesh. Because they was listening, God was speaking, and he, they were commanding, and God was doing and this guy says, I want to do something for her, Brother Allen. I want to do something for her. What can I do for her? And Gehazi said, he's not very plugged in, but he knows this. He said, she don't have a child. And her husband's old. And Elisha says, tell her to come here. And he tells her, you're going to have a baby about this time next year. And she said, don't, now I'm putting it in modern day vernacular, don't make fun, don't mock me, because my husband's old. No, I don't see this happening. And he said, yes, it will. When he said it, God's going to do it. When he said it, listen, why? It is the, it's the word of God. If God said it, he's going to do it. You better know it. Mm-hmm. You get me started down a wrong road here. Easy now. Back off just a little, Carl. I'll take off the wrong way. So here we have the woman standing before the prophet. The prophet tells her she's going to have a child. We begin, pick it back up in verse 18. Remember where she's at. Remember what she's done. Remember what the prophet said was going to happen. Sure enough, 
she has a baby, and when the child was grown, now that means weaned or of age, he's not a man, he's still a child. Notice the reference there, he's still a child, but he has grown up from being a baby. In other words, and he's, he's small enough to sit in his mama's lap. Let me give you boys some advice today and young girls. Sit in your mama's lap every chance you get until you're too big to sit in her lap. And then when you're too big to sit in her lap, set her in your lap. Take it from somebody that knows from experience that's not happened in a lot of years. And she sends him out with his daddy. That's what we're supposed to do. You know what young boys need to do? They need to hang with their dad. They need to teach them and watch them. They need to watch their dad and learn to become men. They can go over to, well, they need to watch their dads and learn to become men. We need men. He goes out with his daddy. Stay with me. And out in the heat of the harvest, it's difficult. Most agree because this being the time of the harvest. Every, everyone, as a matter of fact, everyone I read after said they thought this was a sunstroke because it was common in that area at that time and especially to ones who wasn't accustomed to being out in the heat. You know how it is in first few hot days of summer. Meltdown. And he, he begins, his head hurts. He says, take him, carry him to his mother. Mama gets him, puts, her, puts him on her lap, and he dies. Now stay with me. The, the title of this is the last words that I read out of verse number 26. It is well. Now, the boy is dead, and the mother does something very unusual right here. She doesn't send for the father, which, Brother Bo, would have been the natural thing to have done. If, if something happens to Dusty, you know who the first one Pat's going to call? Mike. Or if, he, if I find out, you know the first one I'm calling? Pat. You know what she done? Put him in the prophet's room and shut the door. Why would she put him in the prophet's room and shut the door? I'll tell you in just a second. So here's the boy. Now, here's something else she does that's very unusual. She goes and tells her husband, hey, I need me a donkey to ride. Why you need a donkey? I'm going to see the man of God. Why are you going to see him? Notice this. The father also knew when it was feast time and when it was, when it was Sabbath time and he knew that's when they recognized the man of God when he showed up on those days. But he said, it's not either one of them. Why are you going to see him? And she said, the word there, well, means shalom. And she said, it is shalom. It is peace. 
In other words, she's saying, here's what we'd say today. It's going to be okay. I'm going to see, I'm going to see the man of God. It's going to be okay. Do you see anything strange about this event right here? She doesn't say one thing about the boy being dead in the prophet's room with the door closed. As a matter of fact, all she talks about is the donkey so she can get where she want to go. This will help you in just a minute, I promise. If you stay with me, it's going to help you. It helped me at 5 o'clock this morning. It's going to help you today. She takes off. She runs headlong to Carmel. Now, here's the thing about it. From Shunem to where she's going is a minimal. If it's a fast donkey, it's three hours. Shunem is southeast of Carmel where the prophet's at. And it's at least three hours, could be four hours, and the Bible tells us the boy died at noon. Now, if it's harvest time, we know by that fact that it's in October and the days aren't as long in October as they are in June and July. And so the day's a little shorter. So here's what's happening. We've got a dead boy in a room with the door closed. Daddy's in a field. He don't even know it. Mama's on a donkey and she's seeking God's man. And she comes to where he's at. Are you still there? I'm not lost you. We're all on the same page, right? And the prophet sees her a ways off. And he knew who she was. That's the Shunammite. God knows them that are his. <laughs> he knows them that are his. And he recognizes her. Praise God. Gordon taught us this morning, Phil. If we'll get out of God, he'll get out of us. He'll come running to us. He sees us at a distance. He says, I know you. But here's what the prophet said to ask her. You ask her this. And here's what I want to ask you today. Is it well with the husband? Is it? Daddies? Husbands? I'm about to lose part of you right here. Heads of the house. Where you get that crazy idea, preacher? Out of the Bible. That's where that idea come from. If God said it, it's right. He's the head. I'm not going to go into all that. I've got a whole message I can preach on the father being the head, but it's not Father's Day, it's Mother's Day. How's the husband? Is it well? Can I ask you today, daddy, son, whoever? Is it well with you? Is it well? Because here's the fact of the matter, Brother Randy. There's a lot of them dead in the bedroom with the door shut. Is it well? The only way it can be well is if, if they are in Christ. It can't be well outside of him. You can have all the money in the world, be the big, listen, you can have the tiger by the tail and the big bull by the horn and be in bad shape. Then to have all those things, 
I'd rather have the heart and soul like you're a stone who's long gone to heaven than I would the man that's looking on him and not thinking much about him. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Not impossible, just easier. How is it with the husband? Is it, how is it with you? Mama, are you good today with the Lord? How is it with you? I mean, are the children, I'm telling you, the mama is the heart of the home. You know why so many people are whacked out today thinking wrong, doing wrong? Because mama's not the heart of the home. When mama is the heart of the home, things fall in order and in place. When daddy's the head and mama's the heart, things work out. If mama's the head, don't work out. Mama has a heart that men don't have. God done it on purpose. That's why we're different. Thank God we're different. I read a story last night, Brother Randy, about a little girl and her daddy went out on a, out on a, a big lake, big, must, could have been the Great Lakes. It was far enough you could lose sight of land. And they'd gone out and he was in days of rowboats. He rowed them way out, way out. She was looking forward to a day with her daddy and said they got out into the middle of the water and said they wasn't paying no attention. They was catching a few fish and him and the little girl was just having a daddy-daughter day and everything was going good. And said, uh, said all of a sudden he was reading a book and she's taking a little nap and said he noticed there's a drop of water hit his page and he said when he looked up the sky was dark he knew he was in trouble he turned that thing around he turned that thing around got by the time he got the little girl up got the anchor in all the gear put away started rowing toward shore now the dark clouds are in Randy and night has beginning to overtake them and they can't see Said he was rowing with everything he had. The wind was beginning to pick up. It's beginning to white cap. And now the boat's being tossed and the little girl just sitting in the stern, staring at her daddy. And daddy's doing everything he can to get to the shore. Said when he realized he was rowing in circles, he'd lost sight of land. And the little girl says, Daddy, are we lost? He said, I don't think so, honey. But can you see the shore? She said, no, I don't see the shore, Daddy. He said right then his spirit sank. He knew they were in trouble. He knew. He told her, he said, well, we can spend the night out here. He knew that wasn't true. That the waves eventually was going to swamp the boat. They was going to be in the water, and there's no way they're going to make it. And they're sitting in the boat wondering what to do. And the little girl said, Daddy, I see a light. He said, you do? She said, yeah. Said, it's that direction over there. He said, honey, he said, keep your eye on the light. Daddy's back is to the light. He's rowing with them. She said, he said, steer your daddy toward the light. And she'd say, right, daddy, go right. And he'd row a while. She'd say, whoa, straight, daddy, go straight. And she'd done that. And he said, all of a sudden, he felt the old boat run up on the ground. He didn't wait till water run the boat up and get it in the dry. He jumped out in the water, grabbed her, left the gear in the boat, run up to the house and they walked inside 
And the mama said, I've been worried sick about you. Where have you been? She said, we've been out rowing in the water. She said, how did you know to find, how did you ever find your way back home? She said, mama, I remember that you said you was going to put a light in the window. And you know what we done? We just steered toward your light. I'd be in hell, Joe, if I hadn't have steered toward her light. Praise God, you've had a mama that shined the light for you. Glory to God. Hey, just steer toward the light. Mama, how is it with you? How about this? How is it with the child? How is it with the child? Well, it wasn't good with the child. Some child in this room today, because everyone here is someone's child. You might not be a mama or a daddy, but you're someone's child. And you may be here today and be in this place, in a place of death with the door closed. And you don't know how to get out. There you are. I read this, Brother Gordon. And I read this, and I read this. I read the entire chapter. And I knew I just wasn't seeing what was there. Anytime God puts these many words into a single story, he got something to show us. And I'm reading that story, and I'm reading that story. I read the entirety, the story in its entirety. I see this. I want you to get this. I see this. When he gets there, now the man of God follows her. He sends Gehazi ahead of him with his staff. And you know what Gehazi does? He knows, get to this, he knows where she's at. The daddy still don't know. How do you know the daddy doesn't know? By Jewish custom, it's getting dark and they're going to bury a dead person before it gets dark. And if they bury this boy, it's over. Is anybody with me? When they bury you, it's over. If this boy is buried, it's a done deal. Gehazi runs ahead of him, runs into the room. He knows where he's at. And he lays the man of God's staff upon the dead boy. And you know what the boy does? Nothing. He's still dead. Gehazi comes back and tells God's man, he's dead. Now, who does, who does Elisha represent here? God. Does Elijah turn around, throw his hands up, and say, well, too bad. He's dead in the bed. Door shut. Can't do nothing for him. Too late. Been dead since noon. It's kicking on now to at least 6 o'clock in the evening. And most scholars agree probably a little later than that.
And the Bible said when he went in there, he stretched himself out on that boy. And said the boy became warm. He put his eyes on the boy's eyes. He put his mouth on the boy's mouth. He put his hands on the boy's hands. He stretches. The word there means literally means to prostrate, prostrate yourself out up flat out up on the boy. He has laid upon this child. Boy, this is going to help you right here. <laughs> he laid himself on the boy. And he got warm. And the Bible said that he goes to and fro and he's in the room. Now the boy's warmed up. There's hope. Somebody in here today may have feel a little warm and in your soul you've not felt in some time. Hey, but there's hope. There's a little warming coming on here. Glory to God. Hey, it's a dark place. The door's shut. This, the thing's sealed up. A dead man laying on the rug. But hey, there's hope. Watch this. He stretched him on him. And the boy does something peculiar. I could not figure this out. The boy sneezes seven times. Dennis, that's exactly the face I had on this morning when I'm thinking on that. And I thought, I went to bed thinking, why? Why would God record? How many know today and believe that every jot and tittle in that book is there for a purpose? Why would God record that when he was there, Elisha represents God, so it is in the presence of God that this boy is warmed and sneezes like seven times. And I, I went, I, I'm looking all over the place, Brother Bo. I can't find what, what, what's the significance. Something in the Bible correlates with that. I guarantee you, because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. There's something about them seven sneezes. And that guy finally got it. Some of you are way ahead of me. I finally got it. Because I'm, everything I look at, In the Old Testament, I'm looking for one thing. I'm looking for how it relates to Calvary. Every lamb, every ram, every sacrifice, I'm looking to how it relates to Calvary. I'm looking that what this means, how can this be applied to Calvary? And here I got it, Jimmy. Here I got it. Listen, this has to be. I can find no other place in Scripture where this happens. You know what Jesus done on the cross? He spoke seven times. If I've got a picture of what's taking place, I'm going, oh, I'm not done yet. That's just what got me to where I needed to go. If that's the only other place in the Bible I can find where a single individual done something seven times, Christ spoke seven times from the cross. And you know what he said next uh, uh, about the uh, fifth, 
fourth statement, here's what he said. He said, woman, behold thy son. Who is he speaking to there? His mama. You know what he's saying? Look at me. He says to John, the disciple whom he loved, he said this, John wouldn't even use his own name. He said this, behold thy mother. You know what he's saying, Brother Willie? He's telling him, John, you take care of her. This is not making any sense to anybody. Watch this. You know what Jesus told his disciples in, in John chapter, uh, in John, uh, I don't want to say the wrong chapter. It's in John. I think it's chapter 10. He said, you know what? He said, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Now you watch this. He laid the wood upon him and you know, you know, you know what the staff done? You know what the wood done? Left him dead. You know what the wood is? It's a picture of where he's going to be. But when he stretched himself upon him and breathed into him, that's a picture of the Spirit. And you know what happened now? When the Spirit gets in you, you get up. You can't stay dead when the Spirit of God gets in you. You'll get up. You know what happened? Jesus didn't sneeze. He spoke seven times from the cross. And the last one said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. What is that? The spirit, the life was going out of him. They took him to the tomb. Listen, if you think it took 24 hours for Christ to respond, you know what they done? Watch this. What happened to the dead man? They shut the door. You know what that represents? Shutting the door. It's hidden from the world. The world can't understand what's taking place behind the door. You know why she didn't tell the daddy? Because at dark he'd have buried that boy and he didn't know what was going on. You know what happened when they put Jesus in the tomb? They didn't know what was going on. The tomb was sealed, praise God. They didn't see what was going on. But Jesus, when they laid him down, bless the name of God, and there he lay. You know what happened? The father came and stretched himself out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he got up. He got up. That don't mean much to me today, preacher. Let me tell you what it means to me. And I'm done. Here's what it means to me. It means this right here. You know why that mama got to the servant and said, it is well? Because she knew that boy wasn't going to stay dead. <laughs> she knew that boy. If she can get God on the scene, that boy's a getting up, praise God. He's not going to stay there dead on the bed with the door shut in the dark. And then, praise God, once he's brought back to life, daddy and everybody around him is going to know I was dead, but now I live. Uh -huh. And she said, 
It is well. That's crazy. Roland was the first one on the scene of the young Burgess boy that died in the automobile accident out by Zaxby's. This has been several years ago. And Roland told me when he come up to the automobile, when he come up to the automobile and looked in the window, and if I'm not wrong, he's working for the funeral home at that time. When he looked in the window, he said, I saw that boy's breath go out of him. And I knew he was gone. And they come and they got that boy up. And the news got back to his mom and daddy that he'd been killed in his church family. With that mom and daddy showed up at the, at the hospital. And there they all were gathered out in the hospital. And the hospital staff made this comment. I forget who told me the story. But they were there. They said this. They said that mom and daddy was in there and they was loving on each people. They was crying a little bit. But said they wasn't having no fit. They wasn't going crazy. They couldn't understand how they could contain and maintain when that boy of theirs had just been killed, robbed from them, a young man, dead and gone before the prime of life. It wasn't fair. No, life's not fair, but I tell you what life is. Life is just, and life is this. Life is grace and mercy from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what happened? They said, how in the world can they maintain and do this? And here's what they told them. They said, we know that we're going to miss him for a little while. But it's not going to be long. And it'll be my turn. And I'll go to where he is. Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. Who's that for? That's those that be in Christ. I'm praying this morning. Brennan. I'm praying this morning. Pat and I used to take vacation on Mother's Day. Some of you remember that. I wouldn't even be here on Mother's Day. I go, so, I go far away. We took a cruise. Sister Zelma hooked us up. We went on a cruise one time. I, what weekend you go? I said, Mother's Day's be a good weekend to go. But God's helped me. It took a long time. He wanted to help me quick. I just didn't want him to help me quick. Some of you might be there today. You'd rather stand there with the door shut. And I'm praying this morning, Brother Randy, and here's what I said. How many believe God hears our prayers? How many believe that we can approach the throne of grace with boldness? We might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You believe that God's listening. You believe that there's a mediator between you and God, the man Christ Jesus. You believe that today? Everybody here believe that? You believe that Jesus hears you? Do you believe that Jesus responds to your request? You know what mine was this morning, Brother Grover? I said, Lord, would you find Louise Ledbetter McCoy? Because I know, you know, right where she's at in amongst that crowd out there. And would you find her today? I've never thought this before. And I mean, I was in prayer when the Holy Ghost whispered this in my heart. I said, would you find her somewhere today, Brother Jake, and just wish her Happy Mother's Day. 
And for all the life in me, you know what I believe the Lord done? I believe somewhere in the portals of glory, she got a message today that said this, Happy Mother's Day. You know what I say today? It is well. You can't know it's well. You better believe I know it's well. It is well. How can it be well? Because he didn't stay dead. Is it well with you? Play me something, Bernie. If you don't know Christ as Savior today, let me tell you, friend, you may have all the money in the world. You may have three cars in the garage and a house paid for, a life insurance policy and $100,000 in the bank. And if you don't know Christ, you're a pauper. It's not well with you. But if you know Jesus, it don't matter if you're living in a cardboard box. It is well. We stand to our feet. Marcus, Marcus. If you're not sure today that it is well, I bid you come. They would be not a greater day to give you heart to the Lord than Mother's Day 2022. And know that this day, it is well. You got to know it. Do you know it today? While we sing, if you don't know, I encourage you to come. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.